0: The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Hey, guys. Megan Anderson here. Uh, We're back for Aussie and Fancy. Unfortunately, Fancy is super busy, uh, so she's not going to be able to join us today. But I thought I'd I'd start bringing back the podcast and the breakdowns, uh, starting with this massive uh UFC 245 card, it is stacked. Uh, we have Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders and Jeff Neal versus Mike Perry on the prelims, which is insane. Uh, what we kind of used to do was break down the women's bouts and then the main card, and we kind of got away from that just because we were super busy. But we're gonna go, I'm gonna go back uh, and I'm gonna cover the women's bouts that aren't on the main card. So we're gonna start off with a it's kind of like an intriguing flyweight bout with Jessica I versus Viviane Araujo, as I think you pronounce it, but people are going to be walking in the background <laughs> with their medicine balls. That's <laughs> Alexa. Uh, but this is a really intriguing match. Uh, Jessica is obviously coming off of that KO loss uh, over Valentina Shevchenko in the title fight. Um, I know that she wasn't happy with that f- Performance in herself. Uh, I know she's come out and said that a lot in her post-fight interviews. Uh, She changed camps before that fight. I know she's moved to... uh, She's moved to... I'm pretty sure it's Extreme Couture now. Uh, And this will be her second fight there. Uh, And Viviane, she's coming off of a huge, huge two fights in the UFC. She's coming off of a win over Alexis Davis. And uh, Bernardo, who she come in, came up a weight division and knocked her out in, I'm pretty sure it was the second round. So that was a, a big win for her, big statement. She come in on short notice, uh, coming up a weight division and absolutely putting a stamp on that. This is a really intriguing fight. We have Jessica who is very strong ground game. She's got great transitions. Um, her striking is still developing, and I know she's been working with Eric at, at Couture about that. Uh, she predominantly is more of a grappler and a wrestler she's got very good wrestling she t- chains her takedowns very well she does have some good power in her hands though but man viviani is so fast her footwork and her lateral movement is insane um, i love watching her fight her movement is so great she throws with power in every single punch she throws question though like her gas tank is it really there for a high-paced five, round, uh, three rounds? Sorry, just because if you watch her Alexis Davis fight, uh, she really started to slow down a little bit as the fight progressed just because she's throwing with so much power. Like, that shit's exhausting. <laughs> uh, so I think maybe she's going to have to switch that up a little bit because Jessica can go a high-paced three-round fight, uh, and she's going to bring the pressure. She is such a good pressure fighter. I think it's going to be interesting because Viviane has such good takedown defense. Uh, She has some very good takedowns herself, positionally strong on top, transitions well. So it's going to be really... I think this fight is going to be set. Can Jessica initiate the grappling and stay on top? And can Viviane really get her punches across uh, where she needs to really dictate that range? And, you know, I guess... The, this is a this is a kind of like a must-win for Jessica just to solidify her position in the like the top of the division and for Viviana this is a big step up in competition uh, particularly uh, moving up the rankings you know she's had a good debut she's got a good win over Alexis Davis that went to a decision I think a a really standout performance here sets her up for a potential I guess a potential number one contender fight down the line. And I got vital two. so I think this is a really important bout, particularly since the flyweight division is still s- developing, and there are so many up and comers i think i th- I am for sure interested in in this fight i have no who I have no idea who 's going to win i 'm not going to pick I refuse to pick anymore. <laughs> you'll give me shit if I lose uh, the next fight i am very interesting. I see this as the number one contender fight. 135-pound uh, women we have. Catlin Vieira, who's coming off a huge layoff. She last fought in March of 2018. I uh, know she got injured. She has some injuries. Uh, so she had to pull out. Undefeated, 10-0. She's 4-0 in the UFC. Uh, coming off of a huge win over Kat Zingano, Sarah McMahon, Ashley Evan smith uh, She has some phenomenal, phenomenal grappling. She's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, great takedown defense. She counters well. She has some power in her, in her striking. And it is still very developing. She swings her punches a little wide. But, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how she's going to uh, – you know, bring what she can bring to the table after such a a long time off. Irene Aldana, though, I'm a huge Irene Aldana fan. Back from Invicta days, I remember I've I've watched a lot of her fights, and uh, I'm a huge fan of her style. Phenomenal footwork and striking. Once she sets up that range, she gets behind the jab. I th- honestly think that she is unstoppable in this division. She's had four fights. This will be her fifth fight for 2019, which is. Insane. Uh, she's finished eight of her 11 wins, four in the four in the first round. And I think it's going to be interesting uh, just because both of these ladies haven't really fought, uh, I guess, opponents of similar size before. Irene Aldana and Catlin Viera have both been the bigger fighter in the majority of their fights. So it's going to be interesting to see how they both adjust to not having that, I guess, size and range advantage. They're definitely going to be swinging in the pocket. Uh, Aldana has phenomenal, like, phenomenal. Defense. It is some of the best in the division. She mixes up with heavy leg kicks, very technical. She faints. She fills really well in the, in the dead space, and she has more of a clinical striking ap- approach. Whereas Vieira likes to make it a brawl, and I think that is the way to beat Aldana. You make it a brawl. You make it a dog fight. But she was also has the ability. Aldana has the ability to brawl. Uh, if you look at her fight with, um, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, God damn. Uh, Puddle over. Lucy Puddle over. If you look at that fight, that was a three round all out brawl. They both were hitting each other with the kitchen sink, and uh, neither lady would back down. Um, I think this is really going to be the case of Ken Vieira set up her big power strikes and deal with the high volume that Aldana brings and take it to the mat. I think. Viera definitely has the advantage on the mat. And once she gets it there, I think it's her world. Whereas Aldana, she's got good takedown defense, but Viera has a phenomenal judo game. She's got some nasty trips. She's got some nasty throws. And she's got a very good cage system with her takedowns. And Aldana kind of starts to get a little bit predictable with her striking. Uh, She's very – she throws the same combinations – over and over in the fight she doesn't really switch it up where she needs to i think i think with her high volume it is hard to deal with but if you look at the her stats her volume doesn't necessarily connect a lot, which is kind of inefficient. And I feel like if she was a little bit more patient and didn't try to throw like everything all at once, she would have a little bit more success countering, particularly against someone like Vieira who's going to throw bombs. I think being in that counter range is going to be perfect for her. But uh, man, I think for me, this is a number one contender fight. Uh, Kaitlyn Vieira was... I guess, kind of touted to be the number one contender after she beat Katzingano, had to take some time off. I think it's smart coming back and having a tune-up fight. And I definitely see the winner of this fight potentially being a number one contender for the winner of tonight's ladies' bantamweight bout. But, uh, man, super intriguing fight there with Vieira and Aldana. I think both very different striking styles both very different grappling styles Um, it'll be interesting to see who can get the momentum going you know from the get-go we're going to move up to our main card man this i am so excited for this main card this is probably one of the the best main cards of the year when you look at you know on paper we have a intriguing banterweight match. I didn't see this coming. Between Petra versus Uriah Faber. Man, Faber retired, come back, knocked out uh, Ricky Simone, and then he gets this matchup with Petra who is a... 13 and 1, he's 5-0 in the UFC, up and comer who has had some phenomenal performances. He is he has 70 amateur boxing fights. 70. He has so much combat experience, it's insane. And uh man, this is so intriguing. I feel like they both do the same thing. They both like to stalk their opponents, they cut the cage off well, they've got both got great footwork and movement. Um, you know, Faber, he's so renowned for. For his in-and-out movement, he fates very well. Uh, he's got nasty ground and pound. He's got insane scrambling, that team alpha male guillotine. Uh, phenomenal submission game. You look at, he's, he's finished 29 of his 35 wins. 10 in the first round, 14 by submission. Of those submissions, he's got six guillotines, seven rear naked chokes, and a bulldog choke. That's insane. Uh, he's a WC vet. He's been fighting forever. This is a huge step up in competition for Jan. I definitely, you know, of his last fights, he has not fought anyone of the caliber of URI Faber, so it will definitely is going to prove his mettle when he comes up against the California Kid. Uh, The only problem, though, is, like, when you fight Faber, you kind of know what to expect. But, like, you kind of know what to expect, but he is so good at what he does that you I don't think people understand how hard he is to deal with until you're in there with him. I think he does a lot of things very, a lot of basic things very well, and that's what makes him so good because he's got those basics down. The only thing I'm a little worried about is he does like to have his guard and his hands a little low, uh, which kind of makes me a little bit nervous because Jan has phenomenal power. Uh, If you look at his fight with Jimmy Rivera, he made a stamp at the end of every round by knocking him down. He's got some nasty knockouts. He's finished six of his 13 wins. Uh, I think this is really like a, is Uriah Faber going to be like a gatekeeper? Because I know he wants to try and get back into title contention, and this, you have a guy in Petra who is an up-and-comer who wants to fight for the title and solidify his position as the top of the division, as his number one contender. Uh, so it's really going to be interesting. It's kind of new school versus old school. Uh, can Faber stop the momentum? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really interesting fight. I think. Both guys are in a must-win position for where they want to be in their careers and particularly for where the banterweight division is right now. Uh, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of interesting because uh triple C, Henry C. Hudo is is in uh is kind of in a weird position. Like we don't know if he's gonna defend his flyweight belt first or if he's gonna defend his banterweight belt first. Uh and I think you know, depending on what happens there, uh, one of one of these guys, can I, I feel like if Faber wins, just based on his history and how long he's been in this sport, he presents a very good case to fight for the title next. But on the other hand, Petriyan, this is only his what? This is only his sixth fight in the UFC. I think he has a win here is very good for him, but he also has a lot of killers that he, I think he needs to fight next before becoming a number one contender. But I think this is a must win for both guys. Uh, man, I'm excited. I, every time I hear your, uh, I favors, walkout music, it's, it's so exciting. Like, I think that's just perfect for him and, and it gets everyone hyped and I'm excited for the comeback. If he can, if he can get it done. Our next fight, uh, I didn't again didn't see this coming. We have Marlon Marais versus uh, Jose Aldo. Who I think the biggest question for this fight is: Can Aldo make 135 pounds? Considering like he struggled a couple times to make 145 pounds, like he always made it, but uh, man. I think this is this is the big question mark on this fight. Is can Aldo make one hundred and thirty five pounds? Um, he is looking like a lean, mean fighting machine. He is a savage in the cage, and I think at one hundred and thirty five pounds, oh my God, he's going to be huge. Um, the reach alone is going to what sets him apart in this division. If uh, if he you know, if this is his home, uh, he's coming off of a loss to the brethren Alex Volkanovski, who is uh, fighting in our co event tonight, and uh, I think Marias coming off of his title loss to Henry Cejudo. Again, both of these guys want to solidify their position in this division. I know Aldo's coming down and uh, wanting to really make a name for himself in this new division, and Marius wants to prove that. He can get back into that title contention. Both have fucking insane amount of power. Um, It is. I get so nervous watching these guys fight just because, like, you know, that at any moment, like, someone is going to get hit and someone could potentially die because they hit so freaking hard. Um, Both of them have crazy power, they throw 100% in everything that they throw. I'm excited for the leg kick game because both of these guys have heavy kicking games and I think it's going to be interesting to see who can really set that up first. Um, But man, Aldo has been in this game for a ridiculous amount of time. He's uh, got amazing footwork. He's a shark in the water when he smells blood. He turns it on. He's a, You know, he does a good job of controlling the center and he likes, he predominantly does his best work when he puts his opponent with their back against the cage. He's very explosive and dynamic. Man, Rice, something else, he stalks his opponent as well. They both are very similar uh, in how they like to pressure. They cut off the cage. They like to have their opponent back on the cage. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who can really set that first and control the center because I feel like whoever can do that, Uh, early is is going to be able to set the pace of the fight and is going to have the better chance of winning. Only problem is Marlon Marais has a phenomenal counter game. Um, And I think the way to beat Aldo is you need to make it a rule. You have to go high pace, high volume. And even though Marais has got a lot of power, he doesn't necessarily throw with high pace. He doesn't like to throw a lot of volume. He likes to set up those big shots, which work into Aldo's game. I think both of these guys kind of have to think where do they sit right now in the division I think cardio wise a three round fight for sure favors uh Aldo I think the five round fights that he's tend to you know he's had for Pretty much most of his career, because he's been the champion, uh, really doesn't favor him. Just because he is such a power striker, so over the five rounds, he has to set, he has to slow his pace down just so he has the cardio for those five rounds. So it'll be interesting to see with the weight cut drop, does he still have that cardio? Does he still have the power through the three rounds? Because if you look at the three round fights, he tends to do his best work, just because he doesn't have to do another ten minutes potentially uh, after fifteen. Whereas Marais, uh he kind of, he kind of slows down his volume and power as the fight goes on. You kind of, he's kind of one of those guys you weather the storm in the early rounds, uh, and you can kind of pick him apart later in the rounds because he tends to slow down. Uh, just because they're they're throwing so much power, uh, that's just exhausting. That's just hard. <laughs> Getting punched in the face is hard, guys. Uh, I really, I honestly think this fight it's going to be who can take the center of the cage first and who can make the other respect the power first. They're, it's really going to be a case of, you know, I honestly see this fight coming out and they both kind of trade in the pocket, in the center, early, just... so, And we're going to find out real quick who's going to to really set the pace of this fight because whoever can get the other on the back foot is going to win. In my opinion. But man, if Aldo can make weight, I'm I'm kind of scared for that division. <laughs> he's uh he's a he was a savage at one forty-five, so I can't imagine what he's gonna be like at one thirty-five. Okay. Moving on to man. I am so excited for this rematch, Amanda Nunez versus Jamanda Me for the women's banterweight title. And uh I, watching this fight, uh from the first the first time, which was back in 2013, might I add. So that's like, it's been a minute since they last fought. I am so excited for this rematch. I think both of these ladies have improved so much since their last fight that uh, you really can't, you really can't take the first fight into account anymore. It's been so long. They both improved so much. You know, Amanda is on a tear. She is, you know, arguably the greatest you know, one of one of the goats, one of the greatest women fighters of uh, MMA fighters of all time. Uh, I think she definitely, particularly with her her wins over Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, I think that really solidified her position as one of the best. You know, she's got wins over Shevchenko and Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate, Sarah McMahon, Shayna Baszler. She she's beaten all the pioneers. Uh, so I, you know, I think she's really proven her. Her position as as top dog, or top line s, what I am. <laughs> uh, but Jermaine Duran, me, she kind of took some time off after the Holly Holm fight. I know it, it was a minute before she come back. Uh, she put an absolute clinic against Raquel Pennington. She looked phenomenal, uh, and then with that KO over Aspen Ladd uh, earlier in July. I really think that you know. Jermaine has has leveled up and I think she has identified her weaknesses. Like I know in the first fight, Amanda took her to the cage, took her down and, and ended up getting the submission finish or TKO, I'm pretty sure, uh, one of the two. But I, I don't see that happening here. I think Jermaine's ability to control range is so so much better than it was, you know, in 2013, she is so powerful. She's very creative with her strike selection. She sets everything up so well. And she sets it up with the jab. She, her lead hand is always going, which is so important. She's, you know, she's killing the dead space with, with that jab. And she's really making it hard for opponents to be able to get in on that range. But, uh, she has done a phenomenal job of identifying her strengths with her takedown defense. Um, her open mat shot defense isn't the best, but what she does a very good job of is she will defend enough and make sure that she gets her back to the cage because she's so hard to take down off the cage. And I think that's going to be super important here because you know, I think Amanda's going to try and close that range and kind of work from the clinch possibly and just because you know, Amanda does like to beat people. Uh, how they usually like how our opponents like to beat people and uh jermaine is phenomenal in the clinch she has brutal knees and elbows um so nasty and she does a really good job of creating so much power in those small spaces uh but i think it's it's gonna the problem with jermaine in that case is is she doesn't have a super high urgency to reverse a position when her back is on the cage, which she can't do that with Amanda because Amanda's going to take that opportunity. She's going to run with it. Uh, she's going to be able to tee off, and I think uh, I think she she lets herself get reversed a little bit too much. Um, the only other problem for Jermaine I see is uh, she's very lead leg heavy, uh, which Amanda has a phenomenal kicking game. Uh, she loves that. She loves that low kick. Cook- uh, low kick, sorry. Uh, she did a phenomenal job when you watch her Pennington fight of just beating up that leg and just using her kicking game to set up her her strikes. And I think Amanda has, her style has changed so much over time. Uh, she is a very aggressive fighter, but I think she is, She has become so much smarter with how she is aggressive. She has the ability to counter-strike. She doesn't pressure super heavy anymore. I think she really likes to sit at that end of that punching range that works for her. That in-and-out movement, that one-draw, one-two is phenomenal for her. That's how she kind of got... You know, her her power strikes up when in, in the Cyborg fight, she kind of kept Chris at that range that worked for her. She was constantly in and out. She wasn't getting too overcommitted. She was constantly balanced. She had her hips and her legs underneath her, and she was really able to set that pace and set that range that works so well for her. I think it'll be interesting to see how she goes with with this new, improved Jermaine. Um, I think she is one of the best strikers Uh, female strikers in MMA. She, you know, she's a strike force vet. That's crazy when you think about it. (laughs) Uh, She has a ton of Muay Thai kickboxing fights. Um, Jermaine is very, very crisp and clinical with her striking. uh, And she snaps her punches right at the end. Uh, But she also has the ability to bite down her throw. And I think those crisp straight punches will work very good against Amanda, uh, who likes who throws her punches a little wise sometimes. Her right hand has a very weird angle to it. So not completely straight, but it's not a complete overhand. But I don't know, the the way she does it, it generates a freakish amount of power and it is so effective. Um I think if you if you look at some of the fighters who have necessarily done well against Nunes, I think Valentina Shevchenko did a phenomenal job of counter-striking, um, which made that fight very close. And I think uh, I think Jermaine needs to kind of take a little bit of a tactic here. She needs to be offensive, but also very quick with that counter-striking and uh, not let Amanda get the momentum running. Because uh, I think she's kind of on a roll right now and she really wants to, to prove a point that she is the best in the world and, and just continue her title reign. So, man, I, I am so excited for this fight. I think both of these ladies are phenomenal athletes. They're at the top of the division, um, and they've both changed so much and they've grown so much, uh, which has been kind of, like, amazing to see as, as someone growing up in the sport as well. Um, I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think uh, from the first fight to now. I think Jermaine brings a lot of diff- a lot of new skills to the table. Uh, as does Amanda and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this one plays out because I think it's going to be I think it's going to be close. But uh we're going to move on to my boy Alex Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. I feel like this is one of those fights where like no one wants either of these guys to lose. They're both such amazing people. Uh Max obviously bless Holloway versus Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, who, man, has what a what a run to the title. He's 20 and one record. His only loss was a fight at 170 pounds. So just think about that. He fights at 145 pounds. He took a fight at 175 pounds against uh Corey Nelson, who is uh also Australian, who is a huge, huge welterweight. Uh, so that's the only fight that he's lost. He's 7-0 in the UFC. He's got wins over Aldo, Mendez, Elkins, Kennedy, Shane Young. And I think what is like really interesting about this fight is everyone has kind of counted Alex out in every single fight. I remember we fought in UFC 232. I was on the same card, and he uh, was like one or two fights after me, I think. On the he was, I was like second fight, second last fight on the prelims. He was like the first or second fight on the main card. And uh, I remember all the guys at the back were like, Man, Mendez is just too good for him. Mendez has got too much power. Look what happened, guys. Uh, I feel like the same thing with the Aldo fight. It's like, Oh, he can't beat Aldo, Aldo's just too good. Come out with a unanimous decision victory and really put a stamp. He looked phenomenal. He played such an, such an amazing game, and uh, he definitely need, did what he needed to do. Both of these guys, though, king of cardio. The king, their pressure and their pace is insane, and both of these guys can do that high pace for five rounds. Um, Max. <laughs> Some of the best fights. He's put on some of the best fights in UFC history. Uh his fight against Dustin was, in my opinion, one of the, the top fights of 2019. Um he is 14, he's got a 14-fight win streak at 145 pounds. Uh he's coming off of that win, uh unanimous decision win over Frankie Edgar. And he's fought the best, of the best at that division. And It's kind of crazy to see like how dominant he is and he is still continuing to be at this weight class. Phenomenal striking. His movement, footwork, range control is some of the best, some of the best in the world. Uh, He has an exceptionally high volume and pace uh, and I think that really sets him apart from his competition because he can throw that high volume no, like from the first round to the fifth round. Uh, look at the Brian Ortega fight. It was—I'm pretty sure he—he he upped it in the fourth. He upped his strike count in the fourth round. So he'd already they would already been fighting for 15 minutes, and he's—you know—I watched that fight yesterday, and R.I.P. Brian Ortega's face. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, both of these guys very good takedown defense. Uh, Volkanovski, he's very short for the division and there is a significant height, uh, disadvantage, but, uh, Volkanovsky actually has the longer reach, uh, and he does use it very well. I think he pressures very intelligently uh, based on the height difference. Uh, He's defensively very very sound. He switches stances and shakes off into both stances very well, fast in in and out of the pocket, which is going to be really important here because he's going to have to get through that high pace and that high volume. Um, He's physically very strong. Uh, and he utilizes his wrestling very well. He likes to grind his opponents up against the cage. Um, and he he does that very well against the the long-distance strikers. Uh, so I definitely see him doing that, closing that range and working in the pocket off the cage. I don't see him taking Max down. Max has, like, a phenomenal takedown feet, defense. And I don't see Max taking Alex down either. Uh, so I definitely see this fight kind of working in the pocket and... I think if I think if Alex can make Max respect his power I think that'll be the key here uh Max doesn't necessarily have fight changing power but his volume is what wins him the fights and the way to to match like to beat Max with a volume is you have to match him with that volume, which is exhausting. Like that that pace and that volume, that shit's hard. Uh, and I think if anyone can match it, it's going to be Alex. Uh, you know, both of these guys, phenomenal cardio. The only problem with, you know, I guess – Alex is, he does swing his punches a little wide, which Max is so crisp with those one twos and those uppercuts right down the middle. Like you can't, you can't swing. He's Alex has to be so smart with, with how he closes the range, how he closes into that pocket and to be able to do his work just, just because Max is so creative. He's got so many tools that man, uh, I don't want either of these guys to lose. I, I love Max Holloway. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. He's so exciting. Uh, I love watching him from like a striking perspective and, and how he moves and the fluidity in in his striking and his strike selection. But, man, Alex is a fellow Australian, and, and it would be cool to see another Australian champion. So uh, I hate this fight. <laughs> my heart couldn't take it. Uh, but I think this is going to be an insane, insane title fight. Uh, in our co-main event. Our main event. Uh, if, uh, if there is so much hype and shit-talking behind this fight, um, I'm so excited that it's finally here just so we can, like, move on from it. <laughs> um, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. ma'am. The shit-talk that both of these guys have been doing is – it's kind of funny to watch. Uh, and if you look at their stats, both 15-1, and uh, Kamaru Usman is 10-0 in the UFC. He's finished seven of his 15 wins, three in the first round. Colby Covington, he's 10-1 in the UFC. He's finished seven of his 15 wins, one in the first round, four by submission. Um, both of these guys, phenomenal wrestlers, Uh You know, Usman being a NCAA Division II wrestling champion, Covington uh, a two-time Pac-10 champion and an All-American. They there's like an inch in height differentiation, Uh, but Usman has a significant reach advantage and he uses it very well. He has a he he strikes phenomenally long and he uses that range. He's got a 77 and a half inch reach, whereas Covington only has a 72 inch reach, which I think is going to be very important with this fight. Both of them, power like powerful pressure fighters. Um, I am going to give Usman the the striking advantage. I think he is slightly more well-rounded in the striking department and has more power. Both of them chain their takedowns very well. I think, man, if you watch Covington's uh, fight against RDA, like he come out so strong and he just grinded against the cage, and he uses the lean and he uses the leg lace to his advantage. He does a phenomenal job there, constantly initiating the up down cardio, and has he he can do that for five rounds. Insane cardio. Um, I think it's going to be interesting how he tries to close that range because he's going to try and do that to Usman and and wear him out. Usman's a big guy at seven. He's got a lot of muscle, got a lot of power. Um, And I see him trying to, like, grind him out. I see Covington trying to grind Usman out on the cage uh, just to wear him out a little bit to be able to set up his own stuff. But the problem is you've got to watch the power of Usman. You have to respect his power. If you look at uh, Usman's fight with Sergio Moraes, he's got that crazy knockout in the first round. Um, he's got, you know, he's coming off of that flawless performance against Tyron Woodley. Um, he just put on an absolute clinic. I man, I'm so torn in this fight, partly because, like, I really don't like Colby Covington, but, like, I also respect his, his skills. Um, and they're both so similar in their approaches. They both like to use that grinding wrestling style. They like to wear their opponents out on the cage. I think Usman has a tendency to hold under the takedown a little too long. Uh, you know, you have to kind of question, like, the energy efficiency there. Uh, he kind of has to watch that with Colby because Colby's going to try and, like, use all of that stuff against him. So I think it will be interesting to see – who is going to be able to pressure who first? I think that is gonna be the key here. Can you imagine if Usman comes out and like knocks out Colby? I think everyone's gonna go insane. Uh but on the other hand, can you imagine if Covington come out and just like absolutely knocked usman out and he just starts chanting, Make America Great Again in the in the uh <laughs> in the cage? Oh my god, if people are gonna lose their goddamn minds. But uh i for me this is like the most intriguing fight just because you know they're both such heavy wrestlers so are we gonna see like a heavy wrestling fight or are they both gonna respect each other's wrestling so much that we're just gonna see two strike like it's gonna be like just a stand-up war which i'm down for that uh but I i don't see that happening i think I think Covington's going to come out strong. He's going to try and, like, grab a hold of Usman and uh, and try and wear him out on the cage. And just kind of, I think he's going to wear him out for the first couple of rounds and then try to pick up the pace with the striking in the later rounds uh, once he's got Usman tied. We're, and vice versa, I see the same thing happening. I think, I, I hope that Usman doesn't come out getting too emotional and just because of all the shit talking and tries to look for that one shot knockout because like it's not gonna happen against something somebody like Colby early on. I think Usman has to be very smart about his counter striking and I think he has to move a lot in this fight. But uh man, yeah. that's uh UFC two forty five. This is uh going to be an insane Insane card from t- from start to finish. Uh, we also have Kai Kara France. I want to shout it for him, a fellow Anzac uh, who's fighting on uh, the prelims. So uh, I'm very excited for that fight as well. But uh, also... My, I have uh, created a website, uh, Team Megan website. So uh, make sure you head to teammegananderson.com and sign up to be able to get all your exclusive news. And we're going to be bringing out merchandise soon. And I'm going to be doing a giveaway of a signed poster and over $200 worth of Pure Spectrum products. Uh, So if you go to TeamMeganAnderson.com forward slash UFC 245, uh, you're going to pick your choice of the three title fights and if you get them correct, you'll be in the chance to win. the uh, sign poster and $200 worth of Pure Spectrum products so make sure you uh, go check that out but uh, glad to be back and I'm going to start doing more of the breakdowns uh, even if Laura's not able to you know make it just because she's super busy I know the UFC is using her a lot which is amazing Uh, she deserves it but uh, yeah we're we're back Aussie and Fancy Sans Fancy but yeah tune in guys Leading podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>